0: Welcome into the Gridiron Goliath Solo Pod with your host, Marco Cirillo, presented by Fanatics.com. Get all your licensed gear. You know the drill. Click the link in the description. Discount site wide on Fanatics.com. Gonna jump right in today. I try my best to not be biased on this podcast. I really, really do. I am a raging lunatic Giants fan. I really try not to be biased. Daniel Jones deserves to get paid simply because he is the next in line. It's how it works. This isn't anything new. Quarterbacks get paid. If you perform well enough and you are the next in line, you get paid. Was Derek Carr ever worth $40 million a year? Was there ever a time when anybody thought that? no. Now people give Derek Carr $40 million a year without batting an eye. Lamar Jackson hasn't really been elite since his MVP year. Still struggles as a passer. Now injury concerns are there. People would give him this contract without thinking twice. Justin Fields gets every single excuse on the planet. He doesn't have anything around him. Uh, he runs well. Daniel Jones is one of the best running quarterbacks in the, in the league in the entire NFL. He was 6th in EPA, 6th in QBR. He had an exceptional season. And by the way, what does he have around him? What does his offensive line look like save for Andrew Thomas? What do his receivers look like? Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins? And don't give me that Saquon Barkley is more important either. He's a running back. By law, he can't be more important. There isn't one team in the league, save for maybe the Titans, where that would be the case. And even then, Derrick Henry is now aging. They're now getting out of his contract because one, they didn't use him early in his career, So extending him wasn't that crazy. He sat behind DeMarco Murray for three years. Extending him wasn't that crazy, and they're out of that contract by the end of this season. So they can pepper him with workload. He's not getting another contract with them. Point being, Daniel Jones is underrated in every way, shape, and form. Well, you're telling me he only threw 15 TDs. He ran for another seven. He turned the ball over what five times, five interceptions. What more do you need to see from the guy? I'm not saying you give him 45 million and by the way, I don't believe that report for a second. I believe Mike Florio saw a meme that said that Shane and Dable don't want to pay him 45 million and just ran with that as if it's fact. There's no source that said that. There's no one close to the Giants that said that. It's just Florio saying, I heard from my mystery guy that Daniel Jones wants $45 million a year. I don't believe for a second that that is the case. I think that the Giants will likely get him at 38 to 39 a year, and I think that that's more than fair because that's what the QB market is. Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played football for two years, and by the way came back and looked horrible, has over two hundred million guaranteed. Okay, Russell Wilson, who was maybe a bottom three quarterback in football this year, is making forty eight. Kyler Murray, who by the way, kind of gets the Justin Fields treatment. His production isn't much better than Daniel Jones's production, particularly not this year, even before the injury. With Marquise Brown, with DeAndre Hopkins, with a head coach that specifically chose him, Kyler Murray is hardly more productive than Daniel Jones throughout his career and was less productive this year. Aaron Rodgers now aging $50 million a year the only quarterback that is making even if jones was asking for 45 million which again he's not if he's doing that it's solely to drive the price up to settle at 40 but let's say he was getting 45 million there is one quarterback making that kind of money that you can definitively say today going into next season is 110% better than daniel jones Two, if I give you Aaron Rodgers, who might not even be playing. But I'll give you Aaron Rodgers. So two guys making that money that deserve it more than Daniel Jones. Because Kyler Murray, now coming off the ACL, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson do not deserve the money that Daniel Jones is asking for. They simply don't. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, fine. And that's if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays, and he plays at a high level. Daniel Jones is deserving of whatever he gets paid because he's next. And guess what? If you franchise tag him, like everybody's saying, you have to give him the tag. Well, if you franchise tag him, that 32 million is not flexible. That 32 million requires that you take every bit of it on the head as in terms of cap. So now you're looking at 32 million out of your 46 vanished because there's no flexibility. If you sign him to an extension, you can backload it and give yourself some room. The contract might be 39, 40 million a year, but the cap hit this year might be 17, 18. And then all of a sudden you can build around Daniel Jones. Nobody understands cap flexibility. uh, Nobody wants. Not one GM in the league wants to pay anyone on the franchise tag because it's a block of a number. There is no flexibility with it. You can't make room with the salary cap. You can't restructure it. You can't maneuver around it. The number is the number. That 32 is the 32. Whereas if you extend him for 39 to 40, Now you're looking at possibly a cap hit this year of 18. You could add void years to the end of the contract to where the salary doesn't hit until those void years. You can restructure it down the line because you've now given yourself that flexibility of having an open-ended contract. The franchise tag is not that. So everybody's saying, let's just tag Daniel Jones and make him prove it another year. That's great, except for the fact that now his cap hit is a guaranteed $32 million this year. That's one problem. If he does play well, you're now in a position where his extension is going to come after Joe Burrows, after Jalen Hurts, after Justin Herbert, Lamar, so now you have four more guys making that top-tier money to the point where you almost root for Daniel Jones' downfall Because you don't want to pay him after those guys get paid. Because he would be the next QB up. When Joe Flacco was the next QB up, he was the top paid guy in the league. Matt Ryan, a ridiculous contract because he was next. Whenever you are next, you're going to get paid. Daniel Jones right now is next. If you franchise tag him and you put that off, now he's not next. He's not next right now. That makes Joe Burrow next. That makes Justin Herbert next. That makes Jalen Hurts next. That makes Lamar Jackson next. And you do not want Daniel Jones to be next after those guys. Because now you're looking at 47, 48, 49. Burrow would not be surprised at all if that cap hit is 50, 50, 50. And then Jones has a good year this year. That's where he is too. You could potentially save $10 million a year by signing him now. You have the guarantees come early. You have a pretty substantial signing bonus. You maneuver to have the cap hits later in the deal, and you work around it that way. You don't franchise tag a quarterback and hamstring the rest of your offseason. And don't get me started with Saquon Barkley is more important than Daniel Jones. It's asinine- It's just incorrect. If you watched Saquon Barkley the second half of last season, he is a running back. He's a human. And yes, he's a f- athletic freak. He doesn't have the burst that he had his rookie year. And you're lying to yourself if you think he does. He doesn't have the ability to consistently play after play, make guys miss, and get down the field in spite of himself. And frankly, I've never thought he has great vision as a runner. Humble opinion. Uh, The guy cannot just pick up four yards, five yards. It's always dance around in the backfield, try to make somebody miss. And as you age, you cannot have that running style. It's why guys like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, they're still productive and will continue to be because their running style is very straightforward. It doesn't require... That you have this outlandish athletic ability to be productive. Saquon is entirely dependent on his athleticism to be productive. He's not a one-cup back. And that does not age well in the NFL. So don't tell me that the Giants are incorrect to focus on paying Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley, who again is a running back. The least valuable position maybe in all of sports. Pay Daniel Jones. Whatever the asking price is to make it happen, I believe it'll be 38 to 40. And that is a discount a year from now once you start giving him an offensive line, once you start giving him receivers, and by extending him this year, you give yourself the flexibility to do so. It's a no brainer. He's easily the best QB that would land on the market, save for Lamar Jackson. And you could even make the argument after this season, given Lamar's durability issues that are starting to pop up, another player highly dependent on his athleticism, it's a no-brainer. You have to extend Daniel Jones. It's not an option. Unless you truly believe that Hendon Hooker is going to be the second coming, Unless you truly believe that you're going to trade all of your assets up to Lynn Anthony Richardson and you're going to fix him. Unless you truly believe that for some reason, Levy's or Stroud falls. And you don't believe that. And you can't believe that Derek Carr's the answer because you're going to have to pay him the same amount as Daniel Jones. You can't tell me that Sam Darnold can carry the load of a team that now has high expectations after Brian Dable wins coach of the year. Where is the better option? Someone tell me where the better option is. And franchise tagging him isn't an option, as we discussed. Who is better than Daniel Jones right now for the Giants? It's not Jimmy G, as everybody tried to argue last offseason. There you go. Daniel Jones is the only option. It was the right decision at the time to not pick up his fifth-year option Joe Shane made the right choice, given that Daniel Jones did need to prove himself, but now you did. Daniel Jones won that bet, and you pay the guy, and you keep this train moving. There are plenty wide receivers that are going to be available via trade. There are plenty more in the draft that look phenomenal. Quentin Johnson, Jalen Hyatt, you know, JSN. I mean, it's an awesome class. Addison, Flowers. I don't know if there's any alpha ones in there, but if you have a couple of twos with a good enough quarterback, which again, Daniel Jones is, it'll all come together, especially when you have offensive minds like Dable and Kafka at the helm. So not to berate you guys with Giants content right out of the gate for 15 minutes, but it had to be said. Watching this Daniel Jones slander all over the sports media who haven't watched Giants film all season, watch the highlights and think that they know what Daniel Jones is and look at the stat sheet and think that they know what Daniel Jones is. It's simply false. And now the argument is, well, he can't get the ball down the field when his whole profile was he's a deep ball thrower coming out of college. You need time and you need weapons to get the ball down the field. Kafka and Dable schemed this team perfectly all year. Daniel Jones is the future of this franchise. I'll put my name on it right now. You extend him. You don't think twice about it. You build around him. And if that means you lose Saquon Barkley, then goodbye, Saquon Barkley. It's that simple. You could draft a running back in the, uh, give me Tank Digsby in the third round. No problem at all on that. Saquon, thank you for your service. If it means losing you to keep Daniel Jones. It's not a discussion. We have plenty more going on around the league. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from the darkness. So we will see what his decision is. Uh, reportedly went three out of the four days in a 300 square foot room. Uh, they gave him food. It was all shut off from there. Very strange how this is all transpiring, because who knows what kind of epiphany he had in there. You know, I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers, but, man, does he keep it interesting. I mean, just when you think you're out, he pulls you back in, man. He is just a character. In a time when the NFL doesn't have a lot of characters. You know, we had Ocho Cinco, T.O., Even Randy Moss for a while was a character. Aaron Rodgers is like the main character for the past decade with just his wackiness. Him and Odell. And Antonio Brown. Okay, you know what? We do have a few. Antonio Brown definitely is up there too. But I think Aaron Rodgers, just because of the fact that it's not illegal character flaws, I think it's him number one and consistency. Probably him number one, Odell number two. We'll see what happens with Rodgers. My gut is just telling me the Jets are probably going to end up with Carr because they don't believe that Rodgers can handle New York, and I get it. I also don't think Rodgers would wave his claws to go to New York. And McDaniel and Devontae Adams probably really want him. But now yesterday, Darlington's saying that he'll he'll likely stay in Green Bay, which how could you know? The guy was in the darkness. He might not want to stay in Green Bay. So it's just a fascinating situation. It always is with Aaron Rodgers, which annoys me because I can't stand him, but I appreciate what he is for the league. We'll see what happens. He's out of the darkness now. Hopefully he had some sort of enlightening experience and we could just figure this out, because even though free agency doesn't start for another couple of weeks, we're already moving on the quarterback front because of this Derek Carr situation. It's a very, very unusual start to the offseason that I'm really enjoying. Meanwhile, Derek Carr is not better than Daniel Jones. Derek Carr is not better than Lamar Jackson. Derek Carr, in my by my estimation— it's not better than Jimmy Garoppolo because if you can't be productive, and yes, there were injuries on and off, don't get me wrong, but if you can't be productive with Devontae Adams, with Josh Jacobs having the best season he's ever had, with Matt Collins as your fifth option behind Renfro and Waller, who, yes, we're dealing with injuries on and off, but Matt Collins would be the number one receiver on the Giants. If you can't make that work, you're probably the problem. The weapons were there. He had two more total touchdowns than Daniel Jones. From an efficiency perspective, was absolutely destroyed by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it was not even close. Not close Of course, Jimmy G had phenomenal weapons around him, too. But Jimmy G produced with those weapons. Derek Carr didn't produce. 24 touchdowns? With Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Matt Collins, Josh Jacobs? What more do you need? So, yes, while I've been on here saying the Jets just need league average QB play, and I believe that Carr can produce that... It's going to be league average QB play. It won't be anything above that. And I don't understand why Derek Carr keeps getting propped up like he's more than that. I mean, people still debate whether or not he's better than Kirk Cousins. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins produces when the talent's right around him. He's not better than Jimmy G. Jimmy G produced when the talent was right around him. He's not better than Daniel Jones simply because he can't create plays on his own. Daniel Jones carried the Giants offense. I mean, there were drives during the season when Saquon Barkley was not on the field, particularly in London against Green Bay, and Jones carried the offense with practice squad players around him. Lamar Jackson won the MVP and led the league in passing TDs with three tight end sets on the field half the time. Where is Derek Carr better than any of these guys? He's closer to Sam Darnold than he is to Kirk Cousins. So, yes, while that would be a good signing for the Jets, and for whatever reason, nobody will bat an eye if he signs for $40 million, it's the bare minimum signing that they can make. I think they'd be much better off going the Jimmy G route for probably less money, which again is insane. I think they'd be much better off even giving Aaron Rodgers a shot if they can make that work. I, I just don't see it with Derek and saying, we believe you can be a Hall of Famer if you win a Super Bowl here. Give me a break. The Hall of OK. Maybe. Not a big Derek Carr guy. He's a fine quarterback, but he is the definition of average. He can't create plays on his own. He produces average results with elite talent around him. He's, he's average. He is the quintessential average NFL quarterback. That's all he's ever been. He had one standout season in which pretty much the rest of the field was injured. And by the way, he got hurt right before the playoffs, too. So he didn't even get to perform that game. Outside of that, he's been average his whole career. He's never been anything above that. He doesn't have a ce- anything to suggest his ceiling is above that. Derek Carr, good quarterback on his best day. So we went through and talked about everyone that was supposed to become a free agent organically over the last two episodes of the pod. I want to talk now about guys that are definitely big time cut candidates that could widen the field a bit and make it a little more interesting. Um after the Titans cut Lawan yesterday, if he wants to continue playing, he'll definitely have some suitors. Uh, Robert Woods can still play football. I don't know how effectively, but if he could stay on the field, he could definitely add to a team. So there are several guys around the league that could definitely add to the free agent pool and create some value here. So let's go through them. First things first with the Cardinals, uh, Robbie with a Y, now Robbie with an IE, and just recently chosen Anderson will be a free agent for the Cardinals. He's always had the potential to be at least a big play explosive receiver, and we really only saw it that one year in Carolina, and that was pretty much it, which is pretty disappointing considering the talent level. He just seems like a little bit of a mental case, but a team will pick him up on the cheap and try to make that work for their offense for sure. Uh, Obviously, Marcus Mariota definitely going to be cut by the Falcons after abandoning the team. Still a solid enough backup. Uh, He just never became what he was supposed to become. Kind of an upsetting situation. I was pretty high on him coming out of the draft in 2015. I was wrong. Uh, These things happen. But Marcus Mariota definitely a quality backup on a team that has a mobile starting QB. Honestly, maybe even for a team like the Ravens. Uh, although I guess their backup is a pro bowler, which was just the biggest joke that I've ever seen in my life with Snoop Huntley. But, um, Joe Mixon, I think is a prime, prime cut candidate for the Bengals. Uh, 7 million in cap savings, only 5 million in dead money, more controversy around him than he's worth. Just, I mean, even coming out of college, he just had his issues we're not going to get into all that, but Joe Mixon's still a good running back that could help a team that's all just a running back away, which nobody really is by my estimation, but still worth assigning and worth noting in a deep running back field already. Chase Edmonds will definitely get cut by the Broncos. They're not paying him $6 million, which I don't even know why he was part of the trade for Bradley Chubb. I don't know how that benefited the Broncos. Just another and a long list of numbskulled moves by them. But Chase Edmonds could still help a team as far as um, a rotational receiving back. Michael Brockers, I think the Detroit Lions have to end up cutting. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense not to, given the cap situation that they're in based with his production. Definitely one to look out for. Frank Clark with the Chiefs. I mean... $21 21 million in cap savings sending him out and he's still a really good football player don't get me wrong and he'll help a very weak edge market but 21 million in savings is 21 million in savings and the Chiefs need to make some room so definitely view that as one Hunter Henry needs to be cut by the Patriots yesterday um that was just one in a long line of just numbskulled signings, I believe, heading into the 2021 season, where they just signed Kendrick Bourne to stupid money, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, it, absolute mess. Hunter Henry needs to get cut. That's 10 million that can be used elsewhere. 10.5 with only 5 million in dead money. You take that every day. The Vikings, I don't know who they're gonna cut, but they need to make some moves. They are. Heavily, heavily over the cap right now. Um, I think Eric Kendricks could definitely be a casualty of that. And to me, he would instantly become one of the better linebackers on the market. The only problem with him is is his age, really. Um, Was not as productive last year, but still would start on at least 20 teams in football. He's a good linebacker. So that's one to watch. I mean, I I got to look at their cap situation. They have a lot of moves that they need to make to make this thing hum. The Saints will definitely part ways with Jameis. I believe it, it's not. It doesn't pay to give him the money that he is earning just for him to be a backup. I just don't think Dennis Allen likes Jameis very much. Just a, the other guy from 2015. Neither of them really panned out, which goes to show you. If you're looking to replace a quarterback, these two were both generational prospects. Neither of them panned out. That should tell you something about thinking the grass is always greener on the other side, people that don't want to re-sign Daniel Jones, people that just say get rid of the quarterback the second that he hasn't had two productive years. The grass is not always greener. It simply isn't. Kenny Galladay is the most obvious cut candidate In the world, and given how weak this wide receiver class is, he might actually still be able to get paid by somebody. I know he hasn't shown anything with the Giants, but prior to that, he was a good football player. Good enough anyway, with the right quarterback in the right situation. He may be able to cash in again. It wouldn't surprise me that much. Jacoby Myers is the top free agent wide receiver right now. I mean, it's bad out here. It is weak. We'll see what happens. I and mean, Michael Thomas will end up being there too, along with Odell. So we'll see what happens. But it's weak at receiver. Corey Davis instantly becomes one of the better receivers. The Jets need to get rid of him. Ten million in savings, and they already have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Corey Davis has struggled to stay healthy. Braxton Barrios. Denzel Mims if they keep him trapped, we'll see what happens. But yeah, definitely definitely a cut candidate. Let's see. I mean, the Bucks are so over the cat. They might have to cut the whole roster. I don't know how they're going to end up keeping anybody. I I mean, you could start with aging players. Cameron Bright comes to mind. I mean, they absolutely have to make more cuts than that, though, and I don't even see where they make them. You could try to trade Mike Evans, who's the face of the franchise for the past decade almost, Chris Godwin. I mean, these are guys you can't even cut to get their hits off. You're looking at $21 million in dead money for Evans, 35 for Godwin, $11 million against the cap if you cut Godwin. That's not an option. $2 million you save if you cut Evans. It doesn't make any sense. So you got to start trading, guys. I mean, this is a mess of a situation. Donovan Smith, I think you have to cut. $56 million over the cap with no clear avenue to saving. This is a true mess. Now, Brady's contract, I believe, will be coming off because he's retired. So... That may be able to work in some way, shape, or form, but it's going to be a lot of restructures. Uh, It's hard to look at. It really is. I don't know how this team even legally plays next season. They have to completely clean house. You got to trade Devin White, I believe. Nothing Nothing is off the table for them. You have to get these guys off of your roster to even be able to play. This is why they're settling for Kyle Trask at QB next year because they can't afford to sign one. They truly went all in in the Brady era as they should have and they won a Super Bowl for it. But it could be a long while before we see the Bucks be competitive again. I think that's why they ret- retain Todd Bowles. They just know they're not going to be very good. Why throw a new coach into the fire of that and get the fan base down on them? Jason Lick might be fired after all this, too. I don't even know how he maneuvers this. If he somehow maneuvers this and they manage to still be competitive, I'll be thoroughly impressed. It's going to be a lot of restructures. It's going to be a lot of cuts that yield a lot of dead money and definitely some trades. It is rough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Commanders, uh, no doubt, will get rid of Carson Wentz. I mean, that saves $26 million against the cap for them, which puts them in a pretty decent position. Uh, they're expected to use the franchise tag on Deron Payne, which I think is the good move, and they should be able to maintain Montez Sweat with that as well. So, Commanders, pretty clear avenue to what they're going to be doing. Plus, they've already announced they're sticking with Sam Howell, which... I don't know if I'm Ron Rivera if I want to bank my entire job on Sam Howell. So they must really believe in him. I don't know if he's given them enough of a reason to. Plus, if they believed in him that much, why are you starting Carson Wentz and Zach Wilson with a good attitude over Sam Howell if you believe in him that much? Because now you're putting your entire name on him being a good quarterback. And I just don't know if that's the right move for them. The Colts, it's pretty obvious, have to cut bait with Matt Ryan, who frankly I think should just retire. Once you're getting benched for Sam Ellinger, and I'm just pretty sure it's over, um, great career, but he doesn't have much in the tank left. I mean, he was hard, hard, hard. Hard to watch at many points, and it's a shame because there was a point where he was a very, very good quarterback. Um, a guy that likely ends up in the hall of very good, nothing wrong with that. Just solid quarterback. He'll be one of the guys you look back on the era and you're like, Wait, he won an MVP award. Um, good player. He, he deserves a good retirement. I just, I think it's over. He can sign as a backup somewhere if he really wants to, but it's the end of the line. One of the more obvious ones is definitely William Jackson III in Pittsburgh. Um, Zero dollars in dead money to cut him, 12 million to pay him. Uh, you got to cut him or at least restructure that deal. He didn't take one snap with them. Washington traded him even though he was likely going to get waived. Pittsburgh didn't want to risk getting him on waivers. They trade for him. He doesn't play one down before he gets placed on injured reserve with a back injury. So the Steelers may try to do a cut and sign. They may just try to do a restructure here. But you can't pay him on that contract when he hasn't taken a snap for you. There's just too much to be saved. Uh... If he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, it'll be on a very team-friendly deal. But I see him as more of a cut candidate than anything. He's he doesn't warrant twelve million dollars a year. I also definitely see the Steelers cutting Mitch Trubisky, uh, eight million in savings, two point six in uh, dead money. Definitely going to be a cut candidate there. I don't see why you would retain him given how many quarterbacks will be on the market and how many you could sign as a backup. Going back to Matt Ryan for a second, if he does decide to play, that could be a great situation for Kenny Pickett to be backed up by him, learn the ropes a little bit. We'll see if that ends up transpiring, but he could be pretty cheap and definitely less than Trubisky is right now. Um, Akella Witherspoon has to get cut at $4 million savings, only one point four in dead money. So Pittsburgh can get pretty flexible here right now. They only have $11,000 in cap space, so they need to make some cuts, try to create a little more room. Miles Jack could be a casualty of that. $8 million in savings, $3 million in in uh, dead money, but I believe they'd like to keep him. They'll probably try to work out a restructure there. William Jackson, the most obvious. Trubisky, probably the next. But they definitely have some moves that they can make to clear up some pretty good space here. Alex Highsmith, $3 million in savings, barely any in dead money, Kevin Dotson, most of these guys will probably be headed towards more of a restructure, but there are moves to be made to save some money in Pittsburgh, Tay Crowder, kick him off the roster, the Giants did it anyway, that's a million in savings, Elijah Riley, so plenty can be done in Pittsburgh, I expect several cuts, I don't think that's just going to leave itself at one, we'll see what happens from there. That's pretty much it. I think that those are the interesting names that could end up being uh, on the market, spicing up free agency a little bit, and definitely just cap casualties that a lot of these teams cannot afford. There are very few teams in favorable cap positions, so we'll see how that works out. But that's going to be it for today. Remember to subscribe, like, and... Hit that subscribe button. We love to keep giving you guys free content. We want to keep it going. You have an awesome day. And remember to stop by Fanatics.com for all your discounted gear. Have a good one.